Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Risk and Reward, the golf podcast from Winning Edge Investments that aims to keep you on the right side of the punting ledger. My name's Rod Murray and I'm your host on this weekly journey into the world of golf betting where we ride the roller coaster of emotions that is part and parcel of both golf and gambling. As regular listeners will know, my main job here is to handle the recording duties while it's the role of my co-host to study the form and the odds and assign the weekly betting tips. So let's bring him in to do just that. His name's John Evans, and if you want credentials, he's got them in spades. More than 50 years as a golf professional, including his own tournament play and coaching some extremely successful golfers as well. Combine that with a lifetime interest in gambling in all its forms, I think you'll agree. He's in a unique position for this particular task. Thankfully for us, he's switched off the lawnmower, headed inside at his palatial estate in New Zealand, where he joins us via Skype to talk about this week's golf. Jay, nice to chat. I think you might be feeling quite good this week after some success last week. We'll chat about that in a moment. Looking forward to an entertaining discussion today. Thank you, Rod. The palace is uh, <laughs> actually a gatekeeper's house. Shay Evans, is that what we... Uh... <laughs> That'll, no, it's actually got a... It's called... Um, it's got a special name here. It's, um, it's, it's a seaside name, which is on the back of the thing that I can't remember. It's on the back of my painting out the front, but it's... It's got one. The photos that I've seen of it that you've shown me, Jay, it looks like paradise. In all seriousness, it looks like a fabulous place to live. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to live. But, but the, the Dunedin weather, we're, we're pr- praying for global warming. <laughs> no wonder you're always in such a good mood, Jay. If it, was on, if it wasn't for that tiny little bit of cold, everything would be just perfect. In, well, that and the hip, of course. Once you get a new hip and it warms up, everything will be just butte there for you. In NZ. Uh, before we come to betting and talking about golf and all those other things, my script tells me that I need to explain the promotional offer that we have here. So to put it in a nutshell, this is the deal. If you're a podcast listener and you decide to sign up for the weekly Winning Edge Investments Golf Newsletter, you won't pay the normal cover price of $150 a month. You will instead get 25% off for the life of the subscription. That brings the cost down to $112.50 per month. Now, that's good, but it's not the full story because on top of that, if you sign up for a three-month subscription... You'll be the beneficiary of the profit guarantee that Winning Edge Investments gives you, which means if you follow the staking plan each week and at the end of the three months you haven't recovered your initial investment, the difference will be returned to you. We've said this many times, Jay. You can't call that gambling, can you? And I guess the clue's in the title, Winning Edge Investments. You know, I think it's a, um, it's a pretty impressive move, not only on our front but on a number of other tipsters, uh, in the company that uh, the profit guarantee is given to those mm. people who obviously we don't have to pay out on. So, um, so uh, I'm one of them, and uh, and uh, and a, a guy who's who's found a Melbourne Cup winner tipping on New South Wales racing, Luke Murrell, he's another one. Uh, the profit guarantees apply, and clearly we don't want to pay out, so we've got to keep performing, and uh, so far we have. Losing is not a great business model in this business, is it? So you'd think that if you're giving a profit, profit guarantee, you're pretty confident that you're uh, you're going to make a profit on the numbers, which is fantastic stuff. Uh, head to the show notes for links on how to sign up. Don't forget to enter the promo code GOLF25 when you do so to take advantage of that special risk and reward offer. Now, Jay, the golf caravan that, uh, the world, that, that travels around the world rolls on this week. They're playing – the US Tour is playing in Korea – 
Europe, the LPGA is in China and the European Tour is in France. So let's start with the one tour that's actually playing on home soil. Talk about the French Open first. This is being played on the golf course we saw last year where the Ryder Cup was played. The Europeans absolutely thrashed the Americans in that. It's an unusual golf course, isn't it? And what does that do in terms of being a tipster and trying to find value in the markets? Yeah, it's not, it's not an easy event to uh, find a winner. Um, there's, there's because it, it, it's a sort of a second-class field compared with the Rolex events, um, there's not as great an interest in it as there might be. Uh, the golf course, as you said, is, in theory, should be the domain of a very, very, very good striker mm. um, because if you make a mistake here, there's maximum penalty. But what seems to happen is that the guys who are perhaps not necessarily the longest hitters, guys who are more accurate and have got a very good wedge game play well here because a lot they're going to go in the water and it's a matter of minimising your uh, the number of times you do. But because it's a bit of a lottery, uh, and every tournament's got some degree of lottery, but this is a bit more of a lottery than others, we haven't made a, a great number of winning picks, but we have got quite a good stable of top 20 bets. Yeah, it's a it's a funny time of year, isn't it, in terms of fields? Because the PGA Tour, this event that they're having in Korea, the opposite field event, well, the opposite event to this one, which we'll talk about shortly, it's a massive price price. It's only just short of the WGCs. I think there's almost ten million US dollars on offer in Korea. So if you've got any chance to get into that limited field, that's where you would be if you were one of the world's top players. Wouldn't you? There'd be no reason to go to France for this week's event here. They all get paid over there and uh, and big monies. And also, I think there's a big advantage because the world ranking points, which are so critical to getting into mm-hmm. the majors and the WGC events, are much easier to get when there's 78 than when there's 156. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people go there on, uh, for that reason. And some of them will be getting uh, checks under the table as well. Uh, so that... In that particular event, because it's 78, the prices aren't so good either. But yeah. in a pretty similar philosophy, not as many um, win bets. But because it's set, you're only going to get 20 out of 78, we've got quite a few top 20 bets. Yeah. We'll come to that in a moment. It's just while you were talking there, Jay, it struck me, and you can probably talk to this as a former tour player yourself. Once you get to that top level, the golf is almost secondary, isn't it? The business is about all of this other stuff of getting yourself into the world top 50, collecting the ranking points, picking the tournaments where you feel you can play the best and really maximise on the huge amounts of money on offer. The, the, the golf swing and the shots and all those sorts of things, they almost become secondary in a lot of, or for a lot of players, the sanctuary to get away from all that other stuff. Professional golf's not much to do with golf, is it? Well, it's all, obviously, you've still got to go out and shoot mm-hmm. a number, and mm-hmm. uh, but you might as well be shooting a number where... You're going to get 10 world ranking points for winning, as distinct from five at another place. And your agents, uh, they've all got agents mm. and they've all got golf pros tied to them that they've got a sling and caddies and things. And obviously, they're all quite keen on the fact that you're going to go and get a check for, for two million rather than a check for 500,000. Yep. So, so I think that the, there's, a, there's a skew, if you like, particularly this event is the best example where. 78 players for, as you say, 10 million US dollars and invitation. And a lot of the guys that are there are, um, are Koreans who, um, strangely enough, I had to look through their forms pretty good, but uh, but they're there. And and you would think that 
a lot of the US tour players and the better Europeans would beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, nine weeks out of ten, you would expect that to be the case. That's for sure. All right, let's go back to the French Open. Uh, as you said, not much in the way of win markets, but fair bit in the top 20 markets. And this is where we went well last week. I didn't give you the chance to explain what happened with uh, or summarise what happened last week. Did quite well in the top 20s last week. Talk us through what happened there, and then we'll have a chat about some of the top 20s we've picked for this week. When I say we, I mean you. We won all over the... Uh, well, I need your moral support. <laughs> you, you always have my moral support, J.E. But we uh, we we found um, Shubhaka Sharma at uh, who got very close to, to a chance to win. He didn't he didn't really because it, again we had the runaway winner. But he did tie for seventh at uh, nine dollars twenty. The top twenty. What was interesting was the three top twenty picks. They had all finished the top ten, which which gives you some cause to, to for flagellation. But um, is there a top ten market as well? With well, some, there is, and the, uh, the prices are about three times as high. Right. So, right. So. Uh, but it's four times it is, more difficult to pick. It is, it, is, it is quite difficult. I mean, this is a unique situation where I've only had three three ever get in the top ten that I've picked, so I'm not too worried about it. But effectively, uh, we got Chubanker at uh, $9.20. We got uh, Eric Van Royen, who just keeps running in the top 20 and they mm. keep betting. He, he was $2.76, so we had quite a bit on him. And he got up and... Uh, and uh, Rory Sabatini, the boy from Bratislava, he, he rallied with a six or seven under in the last round to get back into the top 20, having made a technical error. But our real, the real one we had last week, which I'd like to talk about, we had Braden Bailey, a former amateur college player, first time, who we put in the top 20 and the win at 25 to 1, the top 20 and 1,000 to win. He shot 65 in the first round. And he didn't miss the top 20 by a great deal. But what I was quite astounded by was I looked at his putting stats and he was in the bottom 20% of putting stats and he had about two, three putts in every round. Now, you go through the putting of the most of the pros on the US tour, you find that they might have, some of them don't have a three putt for years. Mm. So it's obvious that Braden Bailey's got a lot of skill, tee to green, and if he can find a way to eliminate his three putts, which he will, you're going to find that I'll be talking about him more often. But, yeah. but anyway, not with all that put together, and our our one win on the top 20 on the PJ Tour, we made a profit on the top 20 bets, which amortises our uh, regular losses, which we expect to make because we're tipping such long-priced uh, golfers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not too worried. I think we lost three units or something on the on the week. Um, but we 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 covered some with some of that back, of course, with the top twenty selection. So this week, um, determined to have a good win. We've only got three picks in the French Open at the Golf Club de Paris de France, and um, two of them for poor old Pete. I'll mention them um, just to sort of make him feel bad. <laughs> um, I tipped Dean Lawson for subscriber Steve at the thousand dollars. And he's now at six hundred, and I tipped Nick Cullen at a thousand dollars, and he's now six hundred thirty. <laughs> so those those guys, uh, and I, I, um, I won't tell you who the other one is. We'll leave him out. But so those guys um, are still a chance. There was quite a bit of support for them after uh, our, our lot got on too. There's um, uh, quite a few people that think that these guys will do quite well here. And generally, Australians, these two boys are both Australians. They generally are good strikers. 
so we'll see what happens there. I particularly yeah. like Nick Cullen there. I watched Nick win the 2014 Australian Masters, uh, and he is a very solid striker of the ball. Not particularly long and probably not a not the best putter, but if he has a week where he putts well, uh, he is a guy who will hit lots and lots and lots of greens. That'll be crucial around this golf course because at some point, most players are going to dump one in the water, aren't they? It'll be partly well, how they deal cool. with that, not to mention the couple of shots that it's going to cost them, but how they deal with that going forward. I think Nick's one that uh, he's a chance to go all 72 holes without putting one in the in the drink, I think. Well, it was noted, it was noted at, the, at the Ryder Cup that the players who were not necessarily so long, but they were, they were accurate, mm. that they had a lot better records yep. and that uh, generally speaking, a lot of the holes you can't hit at the full distance anyway. You've got to lay up anyway, yes. so... Uh, an accurate driver who can who can who can keep it on the fairway there um, is going to have a better result over overall than the, the guy who's a little bit wayward. And if you if you think of the way that the US Tour is now with the bomb and gabs, a lot of them are quite wayward. So let's hope our selections uh, have a good uh, a good. We'll do as we expect them to do. And, Indeed. And as I say, they've shortened already, but they're still reasonable value. Just just back to Bailey for a moment. Some people listening might be going, oh, well, you know, you, you can talk all, all week about ifs and buts and maybes. And correct, he didn't he didn't get the money that we were hoping. He didn't make the top 20. But important to note, isn't it, that that's a hell of a debut and a player to watch for the future. That's what this investing caper is about, is that you take note of that, and next time Bailey pops up, you'll know... Uh, that he's got the goods. I just, I just wanted to make that point because I think you know some people think, oh, well, you're trying to talk up how good you are. I think you've made a really good pick there and you've really identified a player to watch for the future that many will still miss, I think, going forward, J.E., because he's... Well, I've got a couple more and, um, you know, I've done a bit of research on the Koreans that have got a game and, as I said, though, you would expect that the US Tour players would beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a couple of things in their favour. They're going to have very good local support, mm-hmm. which we know can be crucial. Um they're all going to be going 100%. Um, the free uh, uh, Kim Chi won't, won't excite them. They'll be very keen to put in a good performance. And uh, uh, so I think one or two of the Korean players with very good sound playing records recently could be in the top mm-hmm. 20. I've got them coming up. But that's not here. No, no. That's what I've got here. Uh, that yeah. I've tipped for uh, podcast, Pete. I've got Marcel CM, and the reason I've got him is because he won this tournament, and he won this tournament uh, about four or five years ago. That was at this course. They've been playing here for about six years, would be my recollection. This was the course they announced. When they announced it was going to be the Ryder Cup course, they took the French Open to this course. I reckon that yeah, it would have been here. He would have won it, actually. Yeah, it was, and he won here. But then the other thing is that he's finished uh, in the top 25 two or three other times in the last seven years, and he's never missed a cut. Yep. So so that's why I've got Marcel Sam in there at $15, the top uh, top 20. Top 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, big odds. and um, uh, But value. And I, I think he'll be right in it now. Uh, and he also played very well last week too. He, he, he sort of came out of the blocks with a couple of good scores and, and played, played a lot better. He hasn't been playing great over the last ten weeks, but he played well last week and the mm. week before. So, yep. so that's why he's in there. And the other guy that I've got in there is a fella called Hudson Swafford, a US Tour player who's shown a lot of talent, a lot of ability in the past, 
and I thought he was uh, over the odds at $5.50. Obviously, I think all of these guys I've kept at $5.50. We're not telling you about all of them. But I've got Hudson Swafford in here at $5.50. So them are two podcast peak tips for the top 20 for the French Open. French Open at the Golf National. I'm intrigued as to why Hudson Swafford would be playing here this week. I might look into that, <clears throat> Jay. That seems a very odd decision. Not unusual yeah, for US Tour players to go to Europe occasionally, but for what's essentially a second-tier event, that is a really interesting decision. Maybe he's got married and he's honeymooning in Paris or something, so he's in the area. Well, I don't know the reason, but I will say this, is as I've often said, if you're not quite playing up to the standard that you normally do, then there is an enormous value in dropping back a level mm. and seeing if you can rekindle your competitive edge uh, perhaps by winning and I, I think the best example of it was a fellow called Bob Gilder who had missed about cuts for about a year and a half on the US Tour, he came down to New Zealand which you'd have to say the New Zealand Open was a third tier event, he won the New Zealand Open at Shirley in Christchurch he went back to the US Tour and for the, and I, he hardly missed a cut for the rest of his career and now he's playing on the seniors tour so he revitalised his career by stepping back and I think that that might be Hudson Swafford's hmm. tactic, yeah. and it's a very sensible one. Possibly, possibly. Now, you've mentioned Bob Gilder, and this is a little bit ironic. I don't know whether you saw it this morning. A good mate of mine and a guy that you know, Robbie Williamson, former caddy to Mike Clayton and uh, various others on the European Tour back in the day. He posted yeah. a video this morning. Did you see this? Bob Gilder just hitting the most gorgeous knockdown two-iron into the 10th hole at Pebble Beach in the 1992 US Open. If you know anything about golf and you appreciate golf, track down the video. In fact, I might put a, a link to it in the show notes. It's an amazing shot, 195 yards with a two-iron. be about a seven-iron for most players these days, wouldn't it? Not into that wind, it has to be now, said. Listen, but... Now, look, before you go off, yeah. I, want to tell you, I want to tell you, you're right about 99% of that whole thing, right? But yeah. guess, guess what? what? It was Dr. Gil Morgan. Oh, Bob Gilder, Gil Morgan. Go and look at the video anyway, because it's worth a look. Yeah, no, the video is fantastic, and it is a magnificent shot, and uh, it looked pretty obvious to me. But, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, was, um, I don't think Gil Morgan ever won the New Zealand Open, but it was, tell you what, it was a hell of an analogy. Amazing striker, they reckon, Gil Morgan. Robbie Williamson, quickly, grab a photo, grab a video of Bob Gilder doing all of those things and put it up so I don't look silly. Oops. Bob Gilder's, Bob Gilder's a quite a different swinger altogether, but it was interesting, you know, that, that um, he got to 10 under. Yes, I know. First time any player had ever got to 10 under in the US Open. Yep. It was, uh, was, when, was that year. Yeah, in the third round, I think, wasn't it? And then by the time it was all said and done, they got blown Tom off the Cott course Sunday. Yeah, uh, Tom Kite won it, didn't he? Um, I played with Tom Kite once, and I tell you what, if somebody told me he'd won the US Open, <laughs> I'd have started laughing. But anyway, he was good enough to win the US Open. I tell you who wasn't laughing was Colin Montgomery, who was in the no. clubhouse, and Jack Nicholas came and shook his hand and congratulated him on winning the US Open, and then Tom Kite somehow managed to get it in the clubhouse one shot less. Yeah, no, well, Kite, Kite was, had a fantastic record as a player. Incredible, incredible around the greens, uh, Jay, incredible wedge play. Probably the first one to really go scientific on the wedges. I think he carried three or four wedges when that wasn't the standard thing to do. He was one of the first to work with, um, who's your scientist? Pels, Dave Pels. Yeah, he, he and, also, I think Harvey Pennick worked with him too. And I yeah. think Harvey had a big effect on him. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, we've gotten a bit sidetracked there. But anyway, I'll, I'll put the link to the video in the show notes and it really is a thing of beauty to watch. It's an unusual camera angle for the time from right behind. You can see the ball in flight. It's just a, if you can ever learn how to do that, 
go and turn professional. You can play golf. Let's move to the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges in Korea. We've already probably talked about it a bit. As you mentioned, there's a bunch of players that you want to mention with the top 20 bets, etc., etc. But let's start with uh, the winners that you've picked here, and I'll let you lay out who Podcast Pete should be looking at. Yeah, well, Podcast Pete, you know, there's a risk in this one, but I've tipped Max Homer mm-hmm. at $520. And I think Max Homer's got a lot of ability, but I did notice after I'd put this out and sent it out, I was reading uh, uh, the PGA's social notes, and I found out that Max Homer, uh, missing the cut in Las Vegas, went out and was not found for a day and a quarter. And, uh yeah, so after I put that in, I thought to myself, I had to rationalise it in my own mind. I thought, oh, no, well, he's obviously going to be quite relaxed. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I've got him in at five for his podcast, Pete. If he doesn't win, I've got all the excuses in the world. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's his fault and not yours. Yeah. He's a good player. His first win on the tour earlier this year. He's become quite the social media sensation. Oh, he's got a great sense of humour. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But, but he's, he's, he, when he won, he won like a runaway train. I mean, he he, he, he just finished like a like a bulldozer. I was very impressed with that. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I've got him in there anyway, and I've got a couple of Koreans in there. I won't tell you who they are, but there's a couple of the Koreans I've picked out. They might, mm-hmm. they might become more obvious when I give you the top 20s, but um, the other guy I put in is a fellow who ran third in the US Open, a fellow, a fellow called Jazz. Jana Watanond. Jazz. Great kid. Is that the correct Thai pronunciation? Uh, jazz, uh, I un- as I understand it, yes. Jazz, Jana Watanond. Who'd argue with you? But anyway, so I've, got him in, <laughs> and I've got him in for point three of his three units, so I've, I've got a big rap on him. Yeah, really good um, player. Re- player of huge player, potential. And, and uh, as I say, if you're good enough to run third in the US Open, yeah, you're right. going to be good enough to win at nine bridges. Yeah, that's right. So, don't, don't fluke so, uh, and he's, The bloke who beat him's there. Um, but Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. and he won here last year, but that's all right. So Jazz is my other podcast peak tip. Yeah, and in the top that. 20 bets, um, well, I've got one here. He's got a lot of things in his favour. He's a Korean-born American. Mm-hmm. He's won on the US tour. Mm-hmm. He's not super long, but he's super accurate. He's not in form. But I, when I saw the price, I couldn't believe it. He's a bloke who's won last year on the US Tour, and I think he won at, um, at, uh, out at um, George's, St. George's Island. I'm pretty sure he won out there. Didn't he win he by about 1,000 shots as well, if I'm not mistaken? He, he really won easy. Won. Yeah, yeah, he played well. But anyway, he's $55 for the, for the top 20. <laughs> and who is that player? You've not mentioned his name. Michael yet. Kim. Michael Kim, yeah. Good bet. So I've got Michael Kim. He's going to be hard to pick out there because if your name's not Kim Lee or Park, you're in trouble. But anyway, I've got Michael Kim there, 55 bucks. If any Kim wins, I'll be claiming it. But um, the other guy I put in here, oh, I didn't mark him for you, sorry. Anyway, the other guy I put in here was a fella called, who's, who's a very good player. I've got him in as Charlie Hoffman. Yep, you have got me marked on here. And yes, I agree with you. He's a... $5.60 yep. for the top 20. Now, Charlie's competed at the Masters a number of times and, and got away and been right in contention even well into the last round in the Masters. So I thought $5.60 for the top 20 was pretty big, and I've actually given him extra units as well. So we've got Michael Kim for the top 20, 55 bucks, and Charlie Hoffman, $5.60. And there's some really good prices here, and I have put in... One, two, three, four. Four of the Koreans. 
and I picked those out uh, because I went back through their form in the, uh, uh, the previous tournaments, and it was very interesting. They haven't got in here by uh, by foul means. Oh no! They got, they got in here because here's one of them. His his form is one sixty six twenty four one seven three. That's not bad form. Yeah, you're not wrong. And then here's another one, Su Min Lee, who we know is a pretty handy player. His last three starts, 7-1-9. So, you know, these guys, are uh, they're in form, and they've, they've, admittedly they've jumped up in class, and they're in form, and they might be like a good three-year-old taking on the open sprinters. But but anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah. I'll put them in. I'm not going to tell you who they are. That's, no. that's my secret. They'll be ambitious. But, and one of the, it's a funny tour, that. Korean tour, they play very strange courses there, Jay, in, in Korea. Internal okay. out of bounds and crazy fast greens with huge slopes, but long grass on the fairways, the ball doesn't run. It's a, it's a very odd form of the game they play in Korea, professionally. Yeah. Well, that, those, but those guys, remember, the Koreans, they'll be used to that, so, so <clears> it <throat> won't be any change for them. No, no. But anyway, that's, that's those guys. Yep. And then uh, from there, Rod, we go to the uh, ladies, don't we? Indeed, and before we talk about the actual event itself and who you've picked and whatnot, something interesting here that you told me, Jay, you're thinking about switching horses from Betfair in this particular case on the LPGA event this week, perhaps having some bets, some, um, some bets with Bet365. Why is that? Why would you consider doing that? Well, the reason I'm doing that is because the market is very thin for certain events on Betfair, that I, as I've explained, but the corporate bookies... They put up their prices, and they you can get on. You can get set at fixed odds. Now, in general, Betfair has two big advantages. The first one is their odds are quite often higher than the corporate bookies. But the real advantage, as I've described, is that if you've got a thousand dollar winner, and he comes down, he's got three holes to play, and he's two in front, he's probably going to be two dollars. So, you can lay back, or bet back, or crush. And you can ensure that even if he happens to falter from two in front, that you're still going to win plenty. Uh, and we've done that a number of times. In fact, we've had one tournament where two blokes we managed to lay, we managed to win five thousand, and neither of them won. But, so in general, I want to be in the position to be able to do that. But because the ladies' <coughs> market is so thin, and a lot of tournaments, except the majors. We can't get on. We can't get set on the lay, the bet back, or the crush, or the arbitrage, whatever you want to call it. All those names are true. But so, what I've done here is I've gone and searched the other prices for the same people that I'd picked on Betfair, and I found an interesting statistic. I found out that in one or two cases, the prices were actually better on Bet Three Six Five for the ladies only. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, but we can't bet back. No. But remembering the problem with the ladies' market is sometimes we can't bet back there even if we're on Betfair because there's nobody wanting to bet back. Yeah. So what I've done is I've said, right, I'll tip the ladies where the ladies' market is weak. I'm going to now tip on Bet365. So this week, my bets on the ladies' golf are all on Bet365. Okay. And where are they? I've got them here. Do you want me to? If you read them out, you've got three in total, but there's there's two here that we'll tell podcast Peter about. So he's done quite well. Mel Reed, who's a favourite of yours and a really good player, and I fully endorse your backing her on a regular basis. At some point soon, she's going to do something quite big. I'm convinced about that. Third uh, in the third in the US Women's yeah. Open, isn't yep. 
Oh, absolutely. No, that's what I mean. She's going to get across the line somewhere and win something big. She's too good a player not to. I've seen her up close and she's got the right personality, the right attitude. She's got all the tools. Uh, it's going to happen for her at some point soon. And Nayon Choi, who I can't believe these odds. Uh, Mel Reed's at $400, by the way. Nayon Choi, $300, Jay. She's a much better player than that, unless something's happened that we don't know about. That's it. They're outrageous odds. Yeah, no, well, something very interesting about about her is she's actually 500 bucks on Bet365. Wow, okay. So go on to Bet365 yeah. and take the 500, <laughs> and here's why. She's had one start at this event, and she ran second. Uh, so that's not a bad effort. No. And her last... It wasn't a fluke. She's a proven player, multiple winner on the LPGA Tour. She didn't just, just, just roll in and have one good event and that's that. She's a well, consistent player. Well, why I think it happened. She, um, she finished uh, five weeks ago. She finished 20th, then she finished 67th, and then she missed two cuts in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. Then she ran 24th last week. So she's run 24th. She's run second here. And she's 500 to 1. 500, she clearly that's... clearly has outsmarted the market for yeah. price. So if you're going to back her, then go to Bet365. Right. You're only going to get 300 bucks on uh, Betfair, I think, although it's worth checking. But she's definitely 500 on Bet365. Yeah. So from now on, I may be advising you to Bet365 on women's events where there isn't a great deal right. of depth. And is that is that a response to that sort of lack of that? Is that is that beat three six five trying to get some more money and interest into the women's golf by offering odds that look to the trained eye pretty long, frankly? Well, I know I don't think it's. I, I think um, bet three six five. I think that they describe themselves as the biggest gambling company in the world, mm-hmm. and they are betting on hundreds of events each day, uh-huh. and so they will have computer formulas that will ping out their uh, their odds continuously for every event. They'll have data and form going back for 10 years and they, they'll just spit out these, these odds and the only thing that will change the odds is if somebody like me tips Nay on two at 500 bucks and everybody listens mm. and then away they go and they go and back her and she might finish up starting at 100 or one but so the market is formed generally by the corporates going up and then the Betfair market tends to, tends to follow at a higher price. Um, and, of course, the market, the ultimate market, the starting price market, is determined by the amount of money bet. So that's why sometimes we put our chips out late because the ones that haven't found the money are shifting their, their prices going out. And the reason we put the early bets in as the case with Cullen and Co., is that we think those prices will shorten. So we put those bets out on Tuesday, thinking that they'll shorten. They have shortened to 600. The opposite side of the coin is true for some of these other people. They've drifted out. As I say, she's gone out to 500 bucks. She was 300 bucks. So, so basically, we're trying to maximise the price all the time. The price is the critical issue, uh, and uh, I'd be surprised if Danny on tour didn't didn't. Uh, wasn't didn't finish in the top ten this week. Mm. Mm, absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. As you say, you, you, know, you always sort of stress the point and say, well, you're looking for value. 
You're not saying she's going to win. You're just saying at those odds, you can't not take that bet. That's value betting. Uh, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? So. Absolutely. <clears throat> Indeed. Well, I think that's it for me this week, Jay. I didn't think I know. So I've got it wrong about the video. What else have I been wrong about? I've been wrong about a no, bunch no, of stuff. No, no, you, you were right. You were safe. You were 99% right. <laughs> 99%. All I got wrong is... <laughs> Had the wrong bloke. Had the wrong bloke. There you go. Still makes the video worth watching. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Been terrific to catch up with you, J.E., as always. Uh, Look forward to chatting again next week. We'll be watching this week's golf unfold with great interest. Great interest, given those tips that you've given us. Thank you very much, Rod, and uh, thanks again for your fine support. Always, uh, always there for you, J.E. That wraps up Episode 13 of Risk and Reward. We will, of course, be back to do it all again next week here on Risk and Reward. (laughs) 